really isn't that it really isn't that bad. Well, how would we fare in Alaska? Yeah, it. It is on. Then we're going to continue from last week because we're preparing for the days ahead. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day that you've made. We rejoice in it. We thank you, Lord, for your presence through you, Holy Spirit. Let our hearts be softened to God's divine will, his plan and purpose for this new year, this day. Celebrate your goodness and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen.
rise. given you my spirit I have made you for this time what's been taken will be returned but you're going to go get it you're going to enter in with boldness with courage an attitude you are my sons and daughters go take it back not by power not by my by my spirit says the Lord it's not by power and it's not by might but it's by my spirit says the Lord so take it back so take it back Father, this morning we thank you that you are raising up a people to take back what is rightfully ours. You've given us a spiritual inheritance. And so, Father, we thank you this day. You're raising up a strong, bold, and aggressive people that will not cower down to the enemy, but will press in and fight the good fight of faith in the days ahead. We thank you, Lord. You've equipped us supernaturally with the gifts of the Spirit, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, take it back. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to uh, quickly receive this morning's tithes and offerings. So I'd ask the ushers to kindly wait upon the people. If you need an envelope, remember now we have envelopes in the back of the chairs. You can reach for one if you need it. As we do that, as they wait on you, I want to um, remind you of some things. Do you know that the uh, Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul, how many believe what they said? Well, I'm going to tell you what they said as they wait on you for your offering this morning. This is from Second Peter. He says in verse 10 of chapter 1, he says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you'll never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now listen to this, verse 12, it says, For this reason... I will not be negligent 
to remind you always of these things. So, can you see here that the Apostle Peter reminded the disciples of the early church of some things that they've already heard. Amen? Now, in Philippians chapter 3, and this is the Apostle Paul, it says in verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things. Say same things. To you is not teachus, but for you it is safe. So those two apostles were, were good about reminding the people of some present truths. that they, They'd already heard them, but they reminded them. And that's what I'm going to remind you today. Would you put that up on the screen for me, please? I'm not going to do this every week, but I want you to understand your role, say my role, and, and Kathy and I, our roles. Um, what's this? That's the wrong one, I think. She knew what I wanted. There you go. I had that all pre-planned, son. Pastor and Kathy's responsibilities. Number one, emphasize the lordship of Jesus Christ and implement God's plan and purpose for Harvest Church. So this is what we're supposed to do as leaders. So there's no misunderstanding. We're going to emphasize who? Jesus and implement God's plan and purpose for Harvest Church. That's our goal for this year. That's simple, isn't it? Then the second thing is marshal the forces. You're part of the forces. Marshal the forces by encouraging and empowering you to find your place in the body of Christ, function in your gifts, and work together as a team. Amen? I'll never forget Dr. Mark Barclay said this. He would... He would tell his leaders what he wanted to do, and he said they'd receive it, but he said they had a heck of a time working together and working it out, what he told them to do. So we're going to try to encourage you to find your place this year. Say, my place. We're going to encourage you to discover your gifts. There's gifts on the inside of you. Say, gifts. And then we're going to try to get you to what? Work together as a team. Okay, then we'll go to the second part. This is your role and responsibilities. Know God intimately. That applies to all of us. But this year you need to get to know the Father. You, get, you need to get to know Jesus more intimately. You need to get to know, we all need to get to know who? The Holy Spirit more intimately. Number two, you need to know your gifts. Say, I don't know what my gifts are. Hang in there. Don't give up. We've all got gifts. Number three, know your leaders. Some of you have been here for years. You probably know us by now. You know, with some of these new people, it's culture shock. You come, you come into a church. You come from a Lutheran church, a Methodist church, Congregational, Episcopalian, Baptist. You're going you're, you're gonna to be in for a little bit of a change. Amen? But don't get nervous, Barney. Don't get nervous. Just hang in there. Amen. So you've got to get to know how we, our gifts are. You want to know what one of my gifts, main gifts is? Is exhortation. Ex exhorting you, encouraging you to function in your gifts. Finally, 
You need to get to know each other by the Spirit. So important. We said things will never be like it was. That's what Mike Plain said. The next eight to ten years will be more difficult in our culture, and leaders are really going to have to step up. The church's leadership is spiritual. It's about who you are in Christ. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. So we want you to know who you are this year so you'll know what to do. God has called Harvest Church to what? Be prepared. We said our anxiety is the result of being less prepared, but if the church is prepared, there will be less anxiety. The diversity of gifts brings, this is good, the diversity and gifts brings and creates the beauty of the family of God. So the diversity, is there any diversity here? Think so? Well, it's going to create some good things. Amen. Anything significant does not come by convenience, but by sacrifice and commitment. So as a leader, you're going to have to sacrifice this year? Yeah. As a leader, you're going to have to commit more this year? Yeah. And then adversity is where you grow the most. So you're at a church where you're going to have some adversity. If you're really functioning as the church today... You're going to have adversity. If you don't have any adversity in your life, look at your neighbor and say, you got any adversity? If you got some adversity, guess what? You're doing something. If there's no adversity, you better put a mirror in front of your face. See if you're breathing. Amen? Kathy. I'm going to give you some quick announcements, then we'll pick up from where he left off and from last week. Tonight, from 4 to 7, we're still having it, is the Women's Ladies Fun Night. I encourage you, if you haven't signed, even been able to sign up for that yet, the sign-up sheet is still back there. So I encourage you to do that. It'll be a fun evening. The furnace will be on and the food will be warm. So I encourage you to do that. It starts at 4 o'clock today. Tuesday night at 6 p.m. is Patriots United here. Wednesday, 7 p.m., midweek service is here. Next Sunday, immediately following the church, we are going to have a leadership luncheon because we're going to take from what we did last week, this week, and then next week and start to get it all together and get it all organized and moving forward. But we do need you, if you want to attend that, if you'd like to attend, please sign up so we can have a count for food. Yeah, we will feed you. So, And child care will be provided, but if you um, are coming and you need child care provided, talk to Courtney. Okay? She's <coughs> going to sign that up. And then next week also is Donut Day. So you understand, Mike and I both grew up Methodist. And the Methodists had it figured out. If there was food, they would come. So we're having Donut Day and pizza next week. So make sure that you get signed up if you're interested in that. So we've been talking a lot about change, change in our nation, change in the body of Christ, change in us individually, change in this body. You know, I've been in the church world for 50-plus years and have experienced a lot of changes, but in my opinion and the way I see it, those changes were much more gradual. The, la the changes we've experienced the last few years have been much more abrupt. 
a little harsh in some areas. And we have to learn to adapt with that and move with that. Now, Kenneth Hagin always said it's better to play catch up than clean up. In other words, you don't want to get out ahead of God and try to make things happen. But at the same point, at the same time, we need to keep up with what's moving. So we have to be open to change in our lives. Now, last week, um, we went through the motivational gifts, and we talked about um, we need to get to know you, and you need to get to know us. It talks about there. We've got to get to know each other. That's tonight, know each other. We're just going to have a good time, get to know each other better. No hot sauce, maybe a little. Anyway, it won't be hot wings. Anyway, we have to get to know each other, and we do that by fellowship, but a great way to know people is by working with them and, and just getting involved. So we're working towards that. And last week we had you, if you were here, we had you fill out this thing and it's for motivational gifts. In Romans, you can look that up in Romans chapter 12. It talks about motivational gifts or you can call them creation gifts. There are certain gifts that each one of us are, were created by God with so that we could fulfill the purposes he had in our lives. We each need certain things that God endows to us to do that. So if you did not fill this out and turn in the sheet, we would encourage you at the end of the service, we have more of these, and we would like you to do that. And then there's a little white sheet on it if you would just turn that into the usher so we can go over that. Now, last week we had 52 of these turned in. And I thought it was really interesting. I sat down and charted them all. And a lot of people, I've known you enough, I kind of knew the gifts, but some of them I, I wasn't, wasn't sure. And it's interesting to go through that, I think. But the thing that interested me the most, after I charted that all out, I went down and added up our church. And when, you know, one thing, through the years, like in Bible schools, if you're going to be a missionary... They teach you when you go into a different culture, a different area, you have to learn to understand that culture and that people. But the thing I've never figured out, the Bible schools in Tulsa teach you that, but they've never taught when you come from Tulsa to Nebraska, it's a different culture. Amen. And we talked about that with Mike Plain when he was here. He talked about how each church has a different personality. Each person here has a different personality, different gifts, different callings, different, all things are different. Well, churches have a different personality because, for the same reason you do, because we're all called to certain areas, we're called to do certain things, you know, just a great example is that the church, uh, Pastor Hank and Brenda, we love them and support them in Omaha, but that church and their gifts and callings are different than ours. So we can't try to just copy everybody else. We have to know who we are, and that's what we're endeavoring to do. So after, after I went through and charted that, with 52 of those these tests turned in, this is what I found out. And it's always been interesting to me when we do get these ministry gifts from Tulsa or wherever, and they come here, and we receive an offering, and we send them away with it and bless them. And time after time, year after year, they are flabbergasted at how much our church gives. 
as in comparison to big churches. A lot of the big churches don't even give them the whole offering. They give them a portion and call it an honorarium. When we receive an offering for a guest minister, we make sure we bless them and give it all to them. And they can't get over that because we are a relatively small church and we're relatively a blue-collar church. So when I went through the motivational gifts, you know what the number one gifting for this church was? Giving. Giving. I thought that was, and I kind of knew that, but it was just, it just kind of sunk in. Because this is a giving people. And it doesn't have to be that you're super rich and can give a whole lot. It's all of us together. It adds up. And that's the way it should be in the body of Christ. The number two gift, you know, and we've talked about this. After the flood and through the years, if we want to get everybody in church, we have a work night. Number two gift, serving. Just almost the great majority of the people here, at some point, either one, two, or three, had a serving gift. We just, but that's typical Nebraska. That's a Nebraska culture. You know, we met a, a fellow a few years ago. He had come from New York. And he was pastoring in a small town down uh, by Strang. And his wife told us that he couldn't get over the people of Nebraska. And he started to tell his church, if you want to reach out to people in Nebraska, if you want to be able to connect with them, just have a flat tire and pull over on the side of the road and 15 people will suddenly come over. And, And that he couldn't understand that. But that's Nebraska. That's that serving thing. And this church has it. And we appreciate that. But it's for a reason. The third gift was encouraging. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times you get people that are, are like your leadership. And he is an exhorter. He's an, uh, that's one of his top giftings. And we come like that. And that, I think that is a gift that is so needed, not just in this church, not in this area, but people need encouragement. They need to be encouraged. Like Mike Plain said, when he's around people anymore in St. Louis, everybody's mad, angry, and frustrated, and we need encouragement in the world. The other way it went was mercy, prophecy, teaching, and leading. And so I thought that was really interesting. Now we've talked about how we're living in a time of change and we're experiencing lots of change. We as, and, and I've noticed just in this church, just this month, there's a lot of families in this church that are experiencing change. Job changes, location changes, family changes. So we as individuals are all experiencing changes, but we as a body have to recognize that the body of Christ and us corporately in this church need to change also, and we have to learn to adapt to that. And, you know, you understand the older you get, sometimes you just get in your routine and you get used to doing something a certain way. Mike is still adapting from landline phones to his flip phone. And it just gets more difficult the older you get. And and he can't understand why I just don't pick up that landline phone and answer him every time he calls. But we're working at it. We're changes we all have to make. No. That's part of the change. No rebuttal. <laughs> but the older you get, it's, just, it's harder to change. And nobody's denying the fact that he and I are technologically stupid. 
there's no rebuttal on that, I'm sure. And it's a frustration to us. But that's why we need young people and people that have those giftings because we aren't going to do it, don't want to do it. But some of you are, and we need that. Now, in Malachi chapter 3, you don't need to turn there. You can look it up sometime on your own. But it says, I am the Lord, I do not change. We need to understand change. What it's saying in that scripture is that God's character and his word always remain the same. It's never going to change throughout all eternity. He is always faithful. He always honors his covenant promises. His word is the same, and he will never abandon his people. And you can bank on it. And we need to understand, boy, people need that cornerstone in their lives. We can always depend on God. But times, seasons, and methods change. You can go through the, the word of God. It changed from the Old Testament to the Old, New Testament. Things were constantly changing. And so Psalm 55:19 says, Because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. So we have to, he's, it's telling us we need to make changes in our lives. There is no real true repentance if there's no change. But the thing we have to understand, we live in a culture that wants to change God to fulfill our plans and purposes or our desires. And that's not the way it works. We're not here to change God. He's here to change us. We shouldn't be trying to force God to do it the way we want it or accept our mistakes and sins and all that. We need to change day by day to become more like God. So morals shouldn't change. You know, some of those things, character shouldn't change unless it improves. And so we all need to be changing. True repentance requires change. Change to become more godly. We are not here to change God. He is here, and his word is to change us. His word, his moral code, and his character never change. And if we're going to try to think we're going to change that, we're in for a bad awakening. We need him in our lives. We need him to change us, that we become more like him, not him more like us. With all that said, we're in a place in this church where we need to move forward with God. We, need, we know things have changed abruptly the last few, few years. And to do that, we need to change individually and corporately. So that's what we're endeavoring to do. We're trying to get ourselves organized this month so we can move forward this year. So when you do that, we, you always need to reevaluate. We need to reevaluate what we do. We need to look over. If we keep doing the same thing over and over and over, we're always going to have the same results. So we need to reevaluate. What can we do better? What should we change that we could do better? What should we maybe not do altogether? I know last year we had John Tash here, the children's minister, and he talks about after every event, after everything, we need to take that and look at the things that didn't go well, why didn't they go well, things that went well and how to promote that and work on that and and work on those changes. So I think every department, every individual in this church, we need to take some time to reflect and reevaluate what we do and how we do it. And then we need to reorganize accordingly. And that's 
where we are in this process. We are in this process of doing it, and it is a process. Preparation is a process, so we're working through it, so please be patient. We need to take time to look at every department. I like to call them teens. Every department in the church, everything that we are doing, every activity, and we need to go over that and tweak it a little bit. Within the church, we need to upgrade. We talked about last year our computer crashed. We had to upgrade and it took me some time and Julie's still walking me through it to help us to make those changes and understand those changes so um we need to to realize that each department needs to change so for an example through the years he has done lots of administration and organization it's been out of necessity somebody had to do it he had to lead but his role needs to change, and it is changing. He needs to spend, and he's always been a prayer. That's one of his m things that motivates him. He spends a lot of time. But he really needs to spend a lot of time in prayer. He needs to be ministering to God so that he can minister to people more effectively. And, and you understand your gifts as, you, as we grow, we can focus or or hone in on our gifts more. So last year, if you, if you were here last year, and you'll know what I mean, the one thing that really he talked about a lot through the year was Leroy. Everybody know Leroy was the gentleman from his hometown that was near death at the hospital out here, and he went day after day after day, and Leroy made a complete and full recovery. It brought joy and fulfillment to his life. So, and then this week, he had an opportunity to go to a nursing home. And he made sure that a couple there were, were born again and ready to go to heaven when the time came. It, he came home and he said, it was so easy. It was so natural. It didn't have to be difficult. It brought joy to his life. But that's where he needs to be focusing, in ministering to God and ministering to people. Me, on the other hand, I've done lots of things through the years in the church, but it seems as if I'm going more administratively, this org organizing. And the one thing, if you know both of us, neither one of us are very detail-oriented, or except him with flies and weeds. <laughs> but neither one of us, but because we're kind of the see the whole picture thing, but we need people that are detailed. I love what we're doing tonight and with the men's fun night and the women's fun night, but I am not the one that is going to organize it and put it together. That frustrates me, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but we had help, and we're fine. And so that's what we've got to become more honed into what we're doing. Through the years when we didn't have as many activities, Brad's been involved in lots and lots of things. And we've come to the realization we had him spread too thin. And so we've got to get people to pick up the slack for him in some areas so he can focus in on those things that he does best. And you never get really good at what you're called at if you're doing so many different things. So 
we're at a point where I think we can be more focused. And the one thing I've noticed, you talk about differences in generations. I grew up in the country. We, people back then were wire and plier people. You just had to make it work. But today's generation can run to mead lumber or bomb guards and get exactly what they need. And they're so much more detailed. They're so much more perfectionist in what they do. And that's a good thing to a degree. If we, we, everything has to be in balance. But those are generational differences that we're seeing. And they're good because we need all those different things. Our worship, you know, we've had a lot of changes. We've got a new keyboard. We've got new sound people. Sometimes you just got to keep it real simple because those people are kind of slow sometimes. So, so we've got to sometimes bring it back down. And it, <laughs> but as we get new people in and, and they've never worshipped God before, we've got to take those things into account. And we got to, sometimes, I was watching a cooking show last night. And sometimes we think that everything has to be so elaborate and so to be good, sometimes the very best things are those made with the simple ingredients. And so sometimes don't be afraid to simplify things and pull them back a little bit and reevaluate. So that's where we're at. Bill Johnson says, and I don't know exactly how he quotes it, but everybody's looking for God to bring about change in this era, but we all want him to do it exactly the way we've all done it before. And so we've got to get out of that mindset. We've got to prepare for the days ahead. So I want to read you one scripture, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brad. In 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bible, you might want to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Last week, we talked about the motivational gifts out of Romans 8. This week, and it talks about um, all, there's all different kinds of things through here, but in, um, this is talking about spiritual gifts, beginning in, wait a minute, I'm in the wrong one. This talks about spiritual gifts like prophecy, and that's not what I want. I want, where's the one? Oh, over a page. Okay, chapter 12, verse 28. Start with verse 27. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. Now, we, he's been talking about the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. Now here it lists these gifts, but in a different way. It says, now God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. But he doesn't mention evangelists and pastors per se. He says, after that, miracles and gifts of healings. Now if you understand the evangelist ministry, it's includes a lot of gifts of healings and miracles because that's the bait that draws in the unbeliever. But then it goes on and it talks about helps and administrations. Those are the workings of the local church, of the pastor, is 
we are the ones that put the feet and the energy to the body of Christ. Roll up our sleeves and get to work. Helps when we talk about it, and a lot of denominations don't talk about that. But if you're here and involved in anything to help, you are in the ministry of helps. And that is as much a viable ministry as a prophet, a pastor, an evangelist, any other thing. It's just different so in the church we need helps and we need administrations so that's what brad's going to talk about today and we usually go through this every year and talk about and make sure we get people where they belong and if you're new here like i said last week don't get worked up you know we want you here we want you to be involved but take some time and we're not going to force anybody to do anything. But we just want to get everything reorganized. And it's best to do it on Sunday morning because we can get most people here when we do that. So with all that, I'm going to turn it over to Brad. And he's going to go through a few things with you. Thank you, thank you. So I've, over the years, I've taught on helps lots of times and we've done different helps teachings to get people involved and find their place and and whatnot and a lot of people think you know well I'm not a pastor I'm not a prophet I'm not an evangelist you know and I don't serve in those functions so you know what what am I supposed to do well just as she said that's helps and and though maybe that gift is within you maybe someday you are to fulfill one of those five full ministry gifts you know for me I guess I don't I think it's going to be hard to ever achieve that without just willing to get in and get started. You know, we're, we talk about change, and we know we got to change, but I think one thing that we've kind of gotten goofy about over the last year is we're all just waiting for God to pop and just, you know, squash the leadership of the nation, install new people, eradicate every bad person there is, and everything's just going to be honky-dory. We're going to sing worship songs and dance and just have a good old time, and it's just going to be that simple. Well, just as we sang this morning, take it back. It's not going to just, here you go. And some things are like that with God, don't get me wrong, but I think this season we're entering into is a take it back. Get your hands dirty and get involved. You know, Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land to take it, but it's not like they never raised a sword. It's not like they didn't go into battle. It's not like they didn't have to charge and do these things. Even Jericho was a miracle, but they had to do something. They had to march. They had to follow the orders. And, and so we have to get involved. And so we have things that people can get involved with. Even if you're not a five-fold ministry gift, even if you have no idea what God has called you to do, I always encourage people, just get started. You know, I mowed the yard out here for a long time. I loved it. It was, it was a great thing. I was just enjoying serving God. Was that what I was going to do some, forever? No. But... I don't know that if I didn't jump on the mower that these next things wouldn't have started to develop. And, and being content where you're at and, and being faithful where you're at. And God will bring the rest about and, and set the rest in place. So I'm going to have the ushers pass out what we call our Helps Ministry Survey. And I'll, I'll have everybody fill one of these out. And like she said, if you're new here and you absolutely don't want one, we're not trying to force you to get involved. But I do want to encourage you, you know, get involved and uh, there is something for everyone, and, and as you jump into these things, you know, we're not saying that if you decide, you know, I'm going to help with the children's church, and then you get up there and it's like, man, I hate this. I do not want to do this. Now what? I'm stuck. No, 
I think that's something else that's going to kind of take place in the days ahead is, is we're going to be evolving. And, and like Pastor Kathy said, you know, change would happen every couple of years, it seemed like. Well, now it's like change is happening every week. Something new has come along and it changes. And I think as a people, we're going to have to be willing and ready to flow like that. You know, for me, I want to see the unsaved fill these church walls and get saved, get filled with the Spirit of God, and be, become disciples for Christ. But they're never going to come, and God's never going to send them if we just continue to do things the exact same way we've always done it, and we don't prepare and get ready. So nobody fill anything out yet. We're going to talk about a few of these things, and then we'll, we'll give you a chance to fill them out. So we'll just start on the first page, and we'll go through these and kind of how it works. Many of you filled these out before. Maybe some of you have never filled it out before. But we're just going to ask your name and your occupation. Um, and if you have any giftings, interests, talents, you know, what trips your trigger. <clears throat> Again, if you don't like children, the last thing I want to do is plug you into the nursery. It doesn't make any sense. And that's okay if you don't like kids. Some people do, some people don't, you know. But we want to kind of know about that. Maybe, maybe you, your talents, you just never know what, how those can be used in the body of Christ. You didn't, you know, your employment, you might be very successful at what you do as an employee because God gave you that gift. And not only was it for you to, to find a job and to provide for your family and, and provide for the kingdom of God, but maybe that's to be applied to the kingdom of God and serving in that area. So that's kind of why we asked that. For those of you who are serving in an in, in area that you're serving, you know, write that down. And then that's what question number five. Are you satisfied with that? It's okay if you're not. You know, we did this four or five years ago, and I was quite surprised how many people said, no, I don't like it. And that person picked that area over there, and that person over there that was frustrated picked this area over here. And we just kind of did this swapping around, and it's like it just brought peace. It's just like it simplified everything. And so as time goes, sometimes those things change. And like I said, I mean, I've gone from mowing to ushering to obviously playing on a worship team and and working with the youth over the years all you know things change as you go and now we're working with the children's ministry and if you'd asked me five years ago if I was going to be in children's church I'd have told you no way not my cup of tea no thanks I'm going to end up beating a kid and going to jail or something you know it's just not going to be good now I thrive on I just can't I I I absolutely love doing it. I can't wait for an opportunity to instill something in those kids and, and help nurture their lives in a way that they're going to be successful for the kingdom of God and, and the way kids just accept the things of God so neat-like. It's just, it's just cool. So that, that's my plug for Children's Church. But anyway, so then we, we skip down to number seven there. Or, or, and like I said, are you satisfied with the area you want to serve on number five? Number six, do you want to stay in that area? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe it's a maybe, you know, and we can kind of work through that. This gives us the opportunity, just like she charted it out, that's exactly what I'll do with these, is we chart it out. And it's, it's easy to see that flow change then and where people end up at. So, but what I want to do is kind of talk about each one of these areas real quickly so you kind of know what it is. So you're not like, well, I don't know what that even would mean to sign up for Children's Church. You know, does that mean I'm never going to church again and I'm going to be stuck up there with a bunch of brats for the next six months? You know, how's that work? So let's just kind of go through these. So number one there is the, the greeters. These are the people that are out front. Now, if you don't like talking to people, this isn't for you. 
But if you get a kick out of that, you enjoy saying good morning, you know, and inviting them in. And they, they, they not only is a friendly face right at the front, you know, we talk about first impressions as you show up to a place. If we've got a grumpy old fart sitting out there, you know, half the reason I don't like going to Walmart is you know, sometimes the first impression there isn't real friendly and inviting. It's, you know, it's screaming and hollering. But anyway, that's our goal out there is to, to present God and present joy that we're that you're here we 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 love it when people show up here and so and then also to kind of help them find their way around or whatever it might be if they want to fill out one of them forms for getting their name on the books so to speak you know just that kind of stuff so and and right now it's kind of about once a month but you know if we truly start having people show up here on a regular basis that are guests we might need more people and and have to grow that area the toddler teachers, that's our, our, our little kids, our two-and-a-half-year-olds to um, kindergarten. kindergarten, yes. They teach lessons over there. You know, those little kids, it's amazing. You know, Bella, our second-to-youngest, um, is in there now, and it's amazing. She can come out and tell us a, a whole story, what they learned about, and, and, and those little kids like that, you'd be surprised how well they soak that in. And we, it's not... The one thing I always get a little frustrated about, I think a lot of times we view these different areas as just a babysitting service. And that's not what it is. This, you know, if you look at it correctly, this is an opportunity to instill those biblical truths into those kids and give them some good foundation that, you know, think about it. Um, not all of us, especially my age and down, we didn't do a much church when we were kids, but those of you that are even older and some of us our age, those little Bible stories that you were taught when you were a little kid, you could still recite them. You still know them. And then you go back and read the Bible, and you're like, hey, I kind of already know this one. And, you, and you, those stories came from a, a dedicated toddler teacher. Um, usually that's, again, about once a month that those people are teaching. Children's church, we, those are the people that work with first through fifth graders. Um, that happens during Sunday morning service. They're up there kind of thing. Um, and we teach lessons again, illustrated lessons to these kids and, and reach them on their level, but yet not watering down the Word of God in any way, shape, or form because these kids get it better than we do most of the time kind of thing. And we want to equip those kids to boldly go out and prophesy, lay hands on the sick and watch the sick recover and, and just be bold in the gifts that God's given them because there's no, no, there's no age limit in the things of God. It doesn't say once you become 18 years old, then God will use you. So we want to equip those kids with those things. You know, I, I have on there, we serve about once a month. We kind of we roll with the punches up there because it's hard to teach one lesson and get it done right. So sometimes that might take two or three weeks or a month. And so we, we work together on that, our, our current children's church teachers, and, and more often than not, we'll teach a couple Sundays in a row or three Sundays in a row just so we can effectively get that message across and, and not just puke a bunch of information out on the kids and hope for the best kind of thing. Uh, but we can definitely use help up there. Even, you, know, you, you can put your name in these areas, and that doesn't mean you have to teach either. I want you to know that. We need help helpers in those areas you know maybe i i want to teach a message to the children's church but i don't i need help someone else to help uh do the illustration and help out, hand out materials whatever it might be extra bodies like that and that's a great way to learn and maybe maybe through that you figure out yeah this is something i can teach and do so we're up for that uh the nursery that's right back here that's the little little kids the twos and down um you know 
again, that one could be very quickly recited into a babysitting service and things of that nature, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity in there even. I mean, you can speak the Word of God over a little kid and, and pray over a little kid, and, and, and what a blessing it is to the parents sitting in here that they don't have an infant or that you're not sitting next to a parent that has a crying baby right with them. It's not real easy to stay focused on what's going on in here. So it's a wonderful blessing to, to parents to be able to do that. Those three areas, I just want you to know, though, we do a background check on those people that are going to serve in those areas. Does that mean we're looking for every time you screwed up and ran a stop sign or, or did some sort of mild misdemeanor? No, we're not digging through your history just to see what kind of dirt we can dig up on you. We basically get a yes or a no back. You know, if obviously if you're a convicted felon for child molestation charges or something like that, it might not be the best choice to put you in our children's ministry until we figure you out a little bit more and get to know you. Now, I'm a full believer in repentance and forgiveness, but we'll obviously have to work through that. So don't get worried about that. Oh, my gosh, you're going to do a background check. They're going to find out they got a DUI. Well, guess what? I got one, and so I'm sure many of others in here. We're, we're, we're a load of people in this place. So... But we won't get into that. I just lost half of you right there. I probably shouldn't have said that at all. But anyway, like, what the heck is that guy doing up there? <laughs> I've got a decorated history, but God can still use me. Imagine that. Okay, so then uh, ushers and security. Have you ever noticed these guys kind of going around keeping everything flowing and functioning and, and thank God to help us hand things out, collect the offerings, and they're well-trained in dealing with a bad guy, you know, if somebody were to come in here and uh, try to mess up our service, uh, I, I feel sorry for them. It's not going to go well for them because we have people that will take care of that issue and know what they're doing to take care of that issue. Um, so that's another area that we need because it is a wicked world out there and the enemy doesn't like what we're doing in here. Um, but I believe, again, being prepared is going to thwart three-quarters of it. And we're not going to deal with a lot of those issues because we are prepared. And if there's anything left, the angels will take care of that too. So we got a, we got a lot on our side. That, that area might serve a couple times a month kind of thing. But again, if we can grow these areas, that, that creates less of a burden for everybody. It spreads that weight out. Um, so maybe that's an area. They usually come about uh, 9.30, 9.15, depending on which part of it you're doing, before service and serve through service and kind of lock the building up afterwards. Sound and technology team. You know, obviously the worship team is also an area a person can serve in. Um, we do want to get to know you a little bit before we just throw you up on the worship team kind of thing. Um, but, you know, definitely put it on there if that's something that interests you. Um, this, this, the sound and technology, you know, stuff back there, working with computers and things like that. Um, you know, we got our new sounds or our new te uh, computer system, and it's actually quite user-friendly, even though it's ten times as elaborate as what we had. But if that's something that interests you, then, then great. You know, put that down. We can definitely use more bodies up there. Um, you know, it's, I've made the joke that I'm kind of helping leadish the way on that, but that's a scary thing because I don't do very well with even figuring my smartphone out half the time. So it's by the grace of God that I can do a lot of that stuff, but it's not necessarily the will of God. You know what I mean? And so we need to get people into those areas that are graced by God and, and gifted by God to do those things. Uh, maintenance. There's always endless things that go on. You know, if you're a homeowner, you know there's always something that needs to be done. And it's the same thing with the church. We have things that go out from light bulbs to, to water softeners to 
scooping snow to um, spraying weeds to mowing the yard, and, and there's always things to go on. Now, sometimes we do those work nights, and we get together and knock a bunch of those out. But, for example, Lonnie, he was here somewhere. There he is. He has done a great job of taking over a lot of that stuff and doing those little things, and I appreciate that like you wouldn't believe because it has given me the opportunity more to step back and try and focus on some of these other things that you know, I want to focus on, teaching those children and, and training them to do the things of God and to be powerful warriors for God, and I can't do that if I'm worried about everything that breaks down out here. And so it's been wonderful having that, but we can definitely always use more guys. And I kind of hit the groundskeeper part of that as well. You know, there isn't as much in the wintertime, obviously, scooping some snow and stuff like that, but we have the lot pushed and things. But in the summertime, from the grass to weed eating to, to dealing with weeds, um, if you are an effective weed killer, you will be pastor's favorite church member. So if you want an in with pastor... Now, if you don't do good at it, you might push yourself out, so keep that in mind, too, because, no, I'm kidding. But weeds do drive him nuts. And, and think about it. If we have a visitor come, and they pull into the lot, and there's weeds standing everywhere, the grass isn't mowed, and, and does it even look like we're open for business, so to speak? You know what I mean? So, again, part of that first impression, and that's why I enjoyed mowing. It was part of that first impression, keeping the place looking nice and fresh. And so when people pull in, they know that we're open. We're here, and we want them here. Welcome them in. And we've added one uh, recently, and I think even in the days ahead, we might be adding more things. But an altar, discipleship, and evangelism team. You know, our goal is to get new people in here and to get people converted and saved and born again and into the body of Christ, get them spirit-filled and, and disciple them to become effective, useful vessels of honor for God. And that's hard to do on a Sunday morning with just a single hour of teaching from the pulpit when you also have to teach the body to move together, to work together, stuff like we're doing right here, right now, the big picture isn't necessarily going to meet uh, a new convert's needs. And so sometimes people will come in and maybe get born again, but then they're lost in the mix of it. And, and a lot of times those new people end up weeding right back out and we never were able to truly get a hold of them, disciple them, meet their needs, teach them what they need, and, and hit them at their level, just like we do at Children's Church. You know, they're, they're children in the body of Christ, and the messages that pastor's preaching might not always effectively meet that need. And so we want to develop a team that's willing to work with those new people. As people come in and we have guests, we'll have people that'll, that'll not only greet them, but maybe take them out for lunch. Get their phone number and, and reach out to them and just be a blessing to them, encourage them. If you come to a church, if you, if you, you know, and I hope as you came here, you, you, you felt welcomed and, and you made some relationships, but if you went to a church for a month and nobody ever talked to you and you never built a relationship with anybody, are you going to stick around? I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't want to just be a, a, a dude in the corner stuck all by myself. I want to be a part of something. That's the way God wired us. We're not to be individuals just running rampant on our own, but we're to be a part of a body. And so within all of us, we have a desire for that, to be a part of something. And, and that's when we can thrive, and that's when we can really move things forward when we're working together. And so we need people to do that. We need people that are willing to disciple them and teach them the basics. 
you know, what is the new birth all about? What does it mean to become born again? I just, I mean, I just had this experience. I knew I'm born again, but I had no idea what it means. You know, when I first got saved, I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit all in the same night. And I had no idea what it was meant. And rather, I went home and got drunk because that's what I did. That's just what I did. I didn't know any better. And, and as that then developed and I knew, got to know people and then those things start to grow and those other desires just go away and, and God can thrive that. But if nobody would have ever taken the time to tell me anymore or reach out to me or, or try to be a relationship, who knows? Who knows? Might not have ever made it to this point. And so we need people that'll do that, that'll, that'll teach those basic things. What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be a child of God? What, does that, what kind of a blessing is that to them? And then to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and what a blessing that is and how that can change your life and what that means. And it's not some weird cultic thing that the world has made it out to be. It's God. It's the Holy Spirit. He's, he's closer to us than the world. And so, you know, these are things that... that that we can have people do and teach and train on that. And maybe if, if you're a new person, maybe that's not for you yet. But some of us have been here a while, and I think we could do really well with that. You know, that, that intrigues me. I, I, I want to see people do that. Nothing, nothing trips my trigger more than to see a person born again. But if there's a close second, it's seeing them filled with the Holy Spirit. Because, man, I know how that can just rock their world in such an awesome way. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd have been. And I know that that's what drew up and drew out the gifts of God from within and is, is praying in the Holy Spirit and having that experience. So that's kind of a nutshell. And again, I think we can always tweak and add to this and it will change in the future. But I want to give you an opportunity to put in, put in there, I kind of want your first choice and your second choice because if every single person signs up to be a greeter, we got a problem. So we also want a second choice. And, but be willing then when we come to you and say, hey, we see what you got here. Uh, your first choice, but you know that that area is kind of overwhelmed, and we think some other fit might be better. Were you willing to do number two? Be willing to just get involved and put your hand to the plow, and God will work it all out. You know, God will get you in the right place, and and have that opportunity to do that. So, one thing I was thinking we did not put on here, and one avenue we've got a lot of people involved politically and at the, in the community, and we're just kind of in the beginning stages of developing that. So if you're interested in that, maybe primarily, just write write that down and we'll consider that. We just didn't want to. It's just kind of, the others are more departments of the church. Yeah, that's good because we, we don't doubt that there's a kind of a mandate on this church to be involved with that stuff and, and maybe that's something that, that is your thing. So. Yes, I did. Thank you. I should read my notes because I just get going and don't shut up. The one thing that we do here is obviously, you know, you come in and the chairs are clean and the floor is clean and the toilet's clean. Thank God, right? Because, you, you know, you get a bunch of grubby guys going into the bathroom for a week or two. It's not going to be very pleasant in there. So we do have a cleaning schedule. But rather than having that on here and somebody doing that all the time by themselves, we just kind of spread it out amongst everybody. And so basically every family gets a week, and it's every other week right now. I don't know, it might change in the future as we continue to have more service and stuff, but right now every other week we clean. Um, it takes, oh, an hour and a half-ish kind of thing, and it's done kind of deal. Um, but with doing that, everybody, everybody on the schedule, it's, 
about twice a year, if even that, that you have to come and clean the church. You can come to me, you check out a key, you can get in here whenever it works for you, anywhere from Wednesday night till Sunday morning and, and clean the church. And so you kind of make your own schedule. There's a whole list back there. It walks you right through it. Um, but, and, and if you're a single person, we'll tag you up with somebody. You're not going to have to be stuck out here for three hours by yourself kind of thing. Um, but we, we just spread that out amongst everybody. So if you're not on that list and you have no idea what I'm talking about, I would encourage you, if you don't mind, come talk to me after service. We'll get you on the list and we'll show you how it works. We'll take you through it. Very simple to do, but it just keeps it from being a burden to just a handful of people to have to clean all the time. Um, but, you know, we, we bring the whole family out, bring the kids out, and they screw around in one of the rooms or watch their tablets as they get a chance to do that and clean. It, and it works good. And we actually pair up with my folks because it goes by last name and and, and you can do that too. So we clean two times in a row, but it, it goes twice as fast then because we pair up. And it's pretty flexible. So any questions about any of this before I tell you to go ahead and fill it out? Did we have pens for everybody? Oh, yes, they're on the chairs. So any questions before we go? So if you're willing, again, you're, we're not forcing you to do this, and you're not necessarily signing the dotted line and committed for a year, and you're stuck forever. Absolutely, if you'd rather put some thought into this and take it home, that's fine and dandy. Um, but, you know, if you kind of kind of been itching for an opportunity to get involved more, here it is. You know, and so I, I would encourage you, and especially those of you that have been serving and, and part of this forever, if, you know, you've been thinking, man, I just really don't like what I do anymore. I'd like to do something else. This is a good chance to change that up, too. So if you're willing to fill that out here and now, go ahead and do that, and I'll shut up for a minute. one more here, Micah, if you need it. And if you do fill it out today, we'll go ahead and collect them here just so we have them. And if you want to take it home, that's fine too. How did Abe get one? You guys are screwed up. Abe's is never worth reading. Every time we do this, Abe fills his out, and it's never worth reading. You don't get a choice anyway. I'm sure you're not happy with where you're at, but that's too bad. like a lot of you have it done so um do you want to just stand back there and have them handed you as you go okay is there anything else i don't want to head towards the finish line yeah four to seven tonight is the women's you got something steve go for it yeah sure come on up so yeah come come tonight and enjoy that that'll be a good time for you ladies pray for me i'll be at home with four children by myself
Who knows?